Whatever Messiah today, we have the opportunity to hear an appreciation of the Meshkiach from Dr. Pelkowitz, who knew him from close by. Dr. Pelkowitz is uh, one of the great resources for Oliver Bunneman. Certainly in America, probably far beyond, help us understand the many of the individuals that we come across and that we try to help and to understand the attitudes of the of the generations. It's been covered for us to be able to gain an insight into the Mashiach of Solomon. We are all, our door, your door, will forever be indebted to Ramatisyo. Because, for many reasons, but most notably because he gave his great energies to bring together Klal Yisrael, to bring together the Rabbanim, to educate the Rabbanim, to educate Rosh Yeshivas as to the great uh, dangers and concerns that uh, social media and that the internet pose to my generation, to your generation. And irrespective of the, uh, the way that we've absorbed his insight, whether it's being able to disengage, whether it's with filters, or whether it's simply the awareness of the sakana, the sakana ruchnius, the sakana to relationships, all of this, the Solomon was the one, was the individual who made our tzibur, made our dorm, your dorm, your children's are aware. Someone mentioned to me, it's almost like a a Chavitz Chaim, what the Chavitz Chaim did for so many mitzvahs and Averas, Lashon Hara, Halvah, what so did for the, probably the, the greatest uh, shaper of relationships and of information. And that's why it's so important that we are aware of the uh, the magnitude of this person. Solomon used to say that uh, he's a Talmud of the Kapishnitzer. He never met the Kapishnitzer. He said there was one story which shaped so much of his approach in life. A person who was terribly ill came to the Kapishnitzer and he was depressed and he was the Marish Chayra because of the prognosis he received. And he sat with the Rebbe, and uh, after some time, the Rebbe said to him, you're going to get better, you're going to be well. And he left a different person. And this person lived for some time afterward. And he came back to the Kapishnitzer when he was healthy and well, and he recovered. And after he left, so the... Uh, the Mishorsim of the Rebbe said to the Rebbe, was this a moifes? So he said, it wasn't a moifes. 
He said, I had no idea. But I saw that there was a broken Jew in front of me. And he said, what did I have to lose by giving him chizak? I had to lose being a Rebbe. If I was wrong, I wouldn't be a great Rebbe. He said, it's worth losing being a Rebbe in order to give a Jew the peacefulness that he's able to sleep another night. This was the attitude that Rebbe carried him through. He was had strength beyond description, which was so amplified at the Asifa, the city field, but he, his door was always open. And if you could mechazek somebody, you could lift somebody up, so then uh, it was, he dedicated himself to that, and the stories abound. There are so many ideas that uh, his insight of shape for all of us Without us realizing it, you know, but more and more time will come to appreciate it. Let's just close with one idea that we mentioned just a few weeks ago, that during an Ace Tzara, so the halach is that uh, when it blows Chatzot and that's seen as a form of Tzfilah, so he pointed out, we mentioned a few weeks ago, that the Chinuch seems to indicate that the Chatzot introduced the Tzfilah. So he pointed out that during an Eistzara it's a different kind of tefillah, but that kind of tefillah requires a deliberate Eistzara. We would think that the Tzara itself would be Mo'aras. Because Baruch said no. That uh, the Tzara sometimes will be Mo'aras, sometimes the Tzara can, uh, can overwhelm us. Sometimes the tzara can be can go on for so long that we uh, get burnt out. Kriyat Baruch understood the tefillah of an tzara is a different kind of tefillah and requires a different kind of eserus. Again, many many other ideas, but more important that we should hear now from Dr. Pelko to saw from up close. Thank you. <clears throat> always a pleasure um, to be introduced by Rabbi Newberg. I always learn more from his uh, introductions than I certainly do from anything that I'm going to be saying here. Um, but let me uh, let, let me share with you a few stories um, about um, about the Mashiach. Um, I was very privileged that for reasons I don't quite understand, um, he um, he really reached out to me, and we spent a lot of time together. Um, I would see him on a fairly regular basis, and um, got to see his uh, godless up close, um, and it was real godless. Um, I'll share a few stories, um, and um, hopefully it'll capture the essence of this. I'm going to start with um, one of my favorite stories. It happened a number of years ago. Um, there was a big get-together in Borough Park, and um, I think it was in a room that um, was able to fit 3,000 people, 
an hour before the program started. Um, it was already, the fire department had to close it down from anybody else coming. Um, that was the kind of um, incredible pull that the Meshkiah had on people. So I go in and I'm sitting down and um, there's a massive rush of people just looking for the opportunity to get the wisdom from, from the Meshkiah. And I'm sitting on the side because um, I was um, of very little interest to the people who, who went to this, rightfully. And um, the woman sees that she's not going to get anywhere close to the Meshkiah. She said, can you do me a favor? Can you give this note to, to the Meshkiah? So I said, of course, I'd be happy to. I said, tell me a little bit about what it's about. She tells me the following story. She says that about three, four months earlier, her husband, who was only 40 years old, had a massive MI, massive heart attack. Um, and um, immediately um, died. Um, and um, she said this would be devastating in, in any circumstance. But um, my son, my only son, who's only six, um, was so extremely close to my husband that I just didn't know. I, 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 I was worried about his even surviving. She said, I just couldn't see how he could psychologically survive. So people told me, best person for a tragedy like this is the Meshkiah, and we'll get you in to see him. So they go to see her Solomon, and um, who had this unbelievable insights, my, definitely my favorite child psychologist. Here's, here's what happens. Um, he, uh, he sits with her, and sits with her son, and he tells the son, listen, my father died at exactly the same age. He said, I also had, and it was true. He was very much shaped by the loss of his father when he was a very young boy. He said, here's what I think we need to do. We're gonna start a special club we're going to call it the No Dads Club. And the club's going to have only two members, me and you. He says, I don't care where you are. I don't care what time of day it is. If you're feeling lonely or you're feeling frightened or you're having a hard time, you pick up the phone and I'm going to tell my wife, um, that um, she's to take any call from you no matter what time of day. I don't care if it's three in the morning. I don't care if it's in the middle of the day. And you just say, hello, is Matis there? This is Shlaimi. I'm a member of the No Dads Club. And um, it somehow gave him what he needed. Kids that age love the idea of clubs. And she shows me the piece of paper 
she said, he never called. He never needed to call. He went everywhere since then with that sheet of paper. And um, anytime he was feeling down, he would just look at it and he would smile. And um, that's what we needed. That's what we needed. It was that kind of brilliance, that kind of ability to be no olam chavero, that is um, the way I like to remember um, the Mashkiach. He was, um, I, I can think of very few people who were able to be no olam chavero the way he did. So that's story number one, the No Dance Club. Um, by the way, I've seen her since, and um, it really, look, it wasn't the answer, but um, it gave him the sense of hope, the sense of tikva. you know, there's something about hope that is so incredibly powerful, and what are we told? That the word tikva is tied to the word kav, or cord, that we're never alone twisting in the wind. And that's what the Mashkiach did so unbelievably creatively and with love and with connection. So that's story number one. Story number two is um, the um, story of um, stories from High Lifeline. I have certain images in my head. So at High Lifeline retreats, um, Solomon was somehow superhuman. He wasn't, he wasn't, I, I don't know where the strength came from, but it came from a certain level of superhuman chesed. And what he would do with the High Lifeline retreats is um, I think he would stay up all night I never saw him sleep during a retreat. Um, he insisted on not only meeting with every parent, but on dancing with every single sick child. He put that child on his shoulders, and they would dance. And um, he was not a young man. I don't know where the strength came from. Um, and he insisted on um, doing nothing other than dancing and being with them and meeting with each parent individually for as long as it took. And he was up all night. And then a car would take him back to Lakewood, um, you know, in time for, uh, in time, in time for um, the earliest minion. Um, there was something about what he did for those parents. There was something about his presence, about him being at everybody's side, that was um, that was uh, awe-inspiring, awe-inspiring. Um, so that was the story that really, really uh, stuck with me. Um, the next vignette I wanted to share is the vignette of um, the. Um, Yeah. Um, 
ever seen before. Okay? Um, I don't know how often people come here and speak to you about New Year's Eve, but um, for some reason, um, he felt that one of the batidinim that he had for abused kids and abused um, uh, women, that um, a particularly good day for the basin to me was on um, January 1st. So he called me and he asked me if I could come spend the day hearing about some of these uh, horrific, horrific abuse cases. And um, he, um, he sat with me and we heard these horrific cases. There were three Dayanim who were, you know, key members of the best. And so it was me, I guess, as the consultant. There was the Meshkiah. And there was the three Dayanim, very respected older Dayanim. And um, it was getting to be Shkia. And um, we were dealing with a particularly difficult um, abuse situation. So they turn to him and they say, um, um, we, um, we need to go run across the street to Dava Mincha. And he says, absolutely not. And they say, one of them starts to cry. He says, um, you know, let's see what we haven't missed. I personally, he said, I haven't missed a mincha minion. I haven't missed a minion um, since um, I'm like six years old. Um, please. And he very firmly shakes his head and he says, no. So they said, look, look, we'll just run across the street. We'll be finished in no time at all. And he says, no, it's closest I ever came to seeing him angry. He said, no. He says, you know the halacha. You know what the halacha is. The halacha is very clear. You can't, right? Um, we're in the middle of um, doing extremely important work here with people who are suffering. And we know that if you're in the middle of doing this kind of uh, this kind of a mitzvah, um, it's docha everything else. So both of them started to cry, and I felt terrible. He said he did not he did not budge. He did not budge. It was done with calmness and with firmness, and. Um, without him budging. Now, it turned out that one of the reasons he was being so careful about the time was I had to be here. This is New Year's Eve. We had an Israeli class at 8 p.m. that evening. And I told him when I accepted to come, I said, look, I just want to tell you there's some, you know, not such safe driving um, on New Year's Eve. And, um, you know, as long as I can get back to teach an 8 o'clock, uh, you know, an 8 p.m. class at YU, um, you know, I'm, I'm very happy to come and spend the day with you. So he says, fine. And he gave, gave them his word. And um, it turned out that um, he stuck to it to the second. And um, I ended up having my class here, across the street, actually. And um, he... Um, he did exactly what he promised he would do. 
Um, and I like to think that it's the only time in history that um, YU, um, uh, that Lakewood canceled a YU class, okay? Um, but it was, um, it was just so amazing what a Toho Kuboro he is, you know. Then, final story. Um, there was um, a horrific, horrific um, child sexual abuse case in Australia. Still in the paper sometimes. The woman who was convicted of it has recently um, uh, been um, sent to prison for a very long sentence. She had done horrific things to young girls that uh, many of them have not been able to get married because of the extent of the abuse. Um, it was just, just um, amazingly, amazingly damaging. And um, the Adas community in um, Australia, um, which is like a Satmar community, um, they said, um, sorry, you can't come. We're having Hachnasis Sefer Torah that night. And um, that, that takes precedence over anything else. Um, I don't care who's saying otherwise. We're going to have our Hachnasis Sefer Torah and maybe come, come here on another trip. Okay? Um, so we were all very upset. But what the Mashkiach did is he very calmly said um, a few things. One is, he insisted that I get the names, together with some of my colleagues, of every single expert um, in the field of abuse in that part of the world. He said, I can't, we can't just um, try to help them and not come up with the refuas, you know, to deal with the machla. Um, he, um, together with me and together with a group of um, very fine, very respected abuse experts, he um, saw to it that um, we met with every single victim of, of this abuser. Um, we had a meet with every single one of them. Um, and again, with superhuman strength, he stayed up all night, you know. Um, we went nonstop to three, four in the morning. Um, and you literally saw the burden that they had been carrying because of the abuse lift from them. You almost saw them become um, lighter. Um, because of the way the Mashkiach um, so beautifully was able to be no say all with them. And I'll never forget um, how he didn't just allow there to be um, a um, 
a series of meetings. What he wanted instead was to set up a structure so that for the long term, there'd be people to refer to um, who had been abused. To this day, this happened decades and decades ago. I'm still in touch with this team. And it's still going on, because he didn't take the easy way out. He saw to it that it be done properly, and that it be done with menschlichkeit, uh, and it be done in a way that respected all sides. And uh, to this day, there's still that kind of um, that kind of refuse, refuse and refuse to go. It's literally life saving what he did that day, and it's still going on. I'm still in touch with many of these people, and um, I, I um, just can't get over the response of the people who knew him and loved him. And um, there's something about the genuineness of his, um, of his connection. And um, may we all be Zoha, uh, especially at a time like this, to be able to learn from this giant, because he was a giant. Um, learn his svarim. His svarim are amazing. I know that they're not as, you know, clearly learned as they had been. Um, his svarim are, are golden. They're golden. And um, just, you know, there's some way that you could connect to those who knew him. Um, and may we all be um, a zocha to, um, to continue to learn from this uh, giant of a human being. I will never, ever... Um, he will never leave my side, you know. He, uh, one last thing. Um, from the day I met him, I don't know why, but he used to say to me, um, David, um, you can be the mashkiach at Lakewood. And I would laugh, I would show him my wire style yamka, and he would say, you could be, he said, you could be. So I would laugh. But the way he said it, and he said it so many times, I almost started to wishfully believe it a little bit. And I'll just end with the beautiful thought of, um, of, um, this is Rabbeinu Tzadok. Kishem shetzarach adam lahamin ba'ashem yisparach, kach tzarach achar kach lahamin ba'atzma. That's a lomar. Sheyesh lahakadosh baruchu esek imo. Sheinenu poel botel. Shebein laylo haya. Shebein laylo avad. We're not insignificant. If we could have somebody like that, and again, this room is filled with many such gedolim. We can have somebody like that. Um, somehow communicate to us that belief in ourselves, um, then the flame lit by Ramatzio Salman will continue to uh, set the world ablaze. Thank you.
Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for that.